Okay, so why don't we get cracking? Okay, I've got a good intro. I've got an intro. Okay. Check it out, Leroy. Brad and Ned are back. <laughs> well played. Thank you. Well played. How long have you had that one in the chat? Uh, <laughs> since I listened to the song. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's pretty solid, eh? Uh, well, we're back then. We are, and we're going to do the second edition of our top five albums. This is a very special edition on a very special blossom. On a, tonight, on <laughs> yeah. a very special blossom. I'm pregnant. <laughs> Remember the, you used to have like these crossover episodes? Yes. So like, uh, you know, Magnum would be on Rip, on, uh. Rip Guide. Not Rip Simon Guide. and Simon? Simon and Simon. Ah, yeah, that yes. was better. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, those were great. Major Dad. Much, yes, uh, yes. a bit of an interlude there, but, uh, uh, Blossom has an affair with Major Dad. <laughs> well, they seem so happy. <laughs> so. Let's fill. Blossom and Major Dad. <laughs> so we are, yeah, special episode tonight. Oh yeah, the special right, episode special is Blossom, yeah. the, uh, the, the albums we're ashamed of. And I think what we're both going to reveal, um, I know what I'm going to reveal, is I'm actually not as ashamed of no, this album. No, and actually, I... in hindsight, uh, when I chose this album, uh, researching it and then re-listening to the music again, yeah, uh, it's actually not half bad. And I don't really feel comfortable in saying that I'm embarrassed about it because of the individual. So we're gonna we're gonna retool this episode, rename it the albums we thought we were embarrassed by, but we're not. But we're not. It's like our dads. Yeah. Sure. Uh, no, actually, I sort of come full circle on that. One. I think I'm embarrassed of my dad again. Well, man, uh, like we're actually going into this a bit blind tonight. I haven't heard your album. I haven't heard your guys. Fire away, my man. Oh, I'm going to kick off. You're going to kick, kick off. off. Okay, yeah. all right. So last week, uh, when when last we met Ned, he was talking about the album he listened to as a as a small child in mm -hmm. his parents' uh, record collection. Today, as we journey through Ned's life. We're moving to, I'd say, sort of 12-year-old pre-adolescence, early adolescence, and his, his taste of advance from his parents' record collection to his older brother's record collection. So we're talking mid-80s here now. Well, we're talking mid-80s is, is the, the time I was listening time to this. Period. The album itself is from, I believe, 1979. Okay. And the album we're talking about is The Monks' Bad Habits. I So The Monks, I don't think I even know who not many people do know who the monks were. Okay. Tell me about The about only it. place where people knew who the monks were was actually Canada. They're not from Canada. They're from England. They're, uh, they were sort of a, a pseudo-punk band okay. from, uh, from the late 70s that because of their baggage in an earlier incarnation, which I'll talk about, sure. they, they didn't get any credibility in the punk scene in England. But for whatever reason... They were, I'm not going to say a huge hit, but but a legitimate hit act really? in 1979 in England. And in fact, like... Or in the, Canada. Sorry, in Canada. Canada thank yes. you. The the song that was their, their, their biggest single, I actually remember hearing, like I remember singing it or hearing kids in the schoolyard singing, singing it. Singing it, wow. Yeah, so, uh, so the, the, the song was uh, Drugs in My Pocket. And we may as well kick off by listening to this. I don't know, you this know may spring... I totally remember the song. Let's hit it.
so you could not see Brad's face as uh, as oh. we played that, but his eyes lit up like a child at Christmas. I, I totally remember this. Yeah, man. I totally exactly. remember that song, and I think it was the same thing. I remember like kids seeing it on the playground. Yeah, because it was I don't know risky. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. that kind of stupid stuff that that kids oh, love doing. That's it's awesome. like, ooh, what if my parents are? So that's not bad though. Like it's that's not actually much. not that. Like I no, love the bass line. I love it's the not terrible. English accent, like uh-huh. the as hard attempt to hit that English punk. Yeah, so so that song resonates with us as as Canadians of a certain age. But for, for England, where these guys came from, it, it wasn't a hit at all. And really? in the States, they didn't even, I don't think they even released this album, and they certainly didn't bother releasing okay. um, their second album. But in Canada, this album went double platinum. Wow. And I don't even know what double platinum in Canada but it is. Sounds it's probably great. like 600 records. But it's, yeah, totally, yeah, it's like exactly. we're double platinum yeah, yeah, right yeah. now. We have, we have 19 <laughs> likes on Facebook and, yeah, uh, and, and that's like double platinum. 14 dislikes. Yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're doing good. Yeah. Uh, so, so the reason these guys, I'll just give, give yeah. some background to this. So, because it's an interesting story. It's kind of like, um, you know, in, in um, Spinal Tap. Yeah, where they where they do the history of the band yes. and from like the early sixties, and they keep changing fashions and, yeah, yeah, and like yeah. to follow the trends. So this is kind of what these guys were, right? Uh, so so they're chasing the punk trend, but they weren't really punk. So their bona fides were not there. Well, so this is it, right? So they they started out in the early, the very early sixties as a folk band called okay. the Strawberry Hill Boys. <laughs> then they, That's then they, not good. And then they then they in the early seventies. They actually gained some success as a as just they shortened it to the Straubs. Oh, better. Yeah, but and they they had a, a I guess a minor hit in '73 with a with a song called "Part of the Union." So so they they got some some notoriety for that. But basically, in the early '70s, they were kind of like a progressive rock band. Okay. And and I actually should play you "Part of the Union" because it's a it's a yeah, funny song. Yeah. And it's interesting because it it's generally taken to be an anti-union song, which was okay. kind of a, a contentious position to take at that, it, at that time in England. Yeah. England yeah. 1973, yeah. 73, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, most of their, their progressive stuff is just as awful as most progressive rock is. Fair enough. But, uh, but let's, let's listen to yeah, part okay, of the so union. What, is, what part of the union? It's called part of the union. Let's yeah. Let's check it out. Amazed at what I am I say what I think That the company stinks Yes, I'm a union man When we meet in the local hall I'll be voting with them all With a hell of a shout It's out, brothers, out And the rise of the factories fall Oh, you don't get me Just to be clear, this is not on your. No, no, your, this is yeah. this is their precursor band. When this is the Straubs, and this okay. was the Straubs' big hit. And there's two things we need to note about this song. Okay. One, it's pretty awful. Oh, it's yeah. yeah. Now yeah, the, I like drugs in my pocket. Yeah, yeah, much better. Yeah. yeah. The early '70s, particularly in England, for music, were such a weird time, right? I mean, yeah. the Beatles had broken up. And nobody really knew what, like, the dominant trend was. You had that glam rock and progressive rock and heavy metal and, like, like sappy pop stuff like the Carpenters. There were all these different streams going on. So, I mean, this is just a weird kind of 
pop folk crap. It's yeah. al- it's almost like when when punk hit, it kind of tidied things up a little bit because at least there was like a dominant story going on, yeah, rather than exactly. like all these like a million different stories. But anyway, this was them chasing the the I guess the progressive folk trend in 1973. The other thing to note about this, aside from how bad it sounds, is how awful they look. Now, you can't see it, for, obviously, you, you podcast listeners, you can't see it, but uh, go look it up. Yep. They had, like, the big, sort of, like, tinted glasses, oh. curly, long hair. One of them was the worst because he was bald, but he also had, had long, long hair, hair and a beard. That's just... That's oh, a tough look. Just, just that's appalling a, that's an stuff. But they got some success with that. But success, as they say, is a double-edged sword. <laughs> So, <laughs> well, because you're saying it wasn't it was, as much as it was popular, they got a lot of bad press for that song. They got some bad press for that song, and the other thing is, like, it was so utterly like of 1973 of that particular it just genre would die. Yeah, as soon as punk came along and they tried to recreate themselves as sort of a new wave or punk influence, no group, one was biting on this. Nobody in England who knew who the Straws were were, were biting. Yeah. Exactly, they're it's progressive so, rock. Yeah, where they are. Yeah, exactly. As soon as they found out that this is just the Scrubs, uh, they couldn't get any love in um, in England. Okay. But in Canada, huge. Well, well, sure. Double, yes. pl- double, double platinum. Double, <laughs> double platinum. Um, mostly in Ontario. They did. They did a lot of touring in Ontario. They played. Really? They, they played. They played stadiums in like in like. I think they might have played. I don't want to say they played Cops Coliseum, but they they played. Yeah. They played a few stadiums yeah. maybe just hockey ranks yeah. it's hard to 15, tell reading their description because they're not really you know right. it's yeah. like a hockey rank so i don't know what uh, what yeah, size they're means. they're talking yeah, about but arena. uh but yeah they they had some lasting success i'm gonna play another song by them before. and this is off the album this is going back yes okay. we're, we're not gonna jump around in what's, time what's this song this song is going to be this was the hit the biggest hit they had in england before people realized who they were and it was before the album came out but it's included on the album the single came out before the album. Sure. Um, and this is is a classic. It really shows their sensibility. A classy, classy song called Nice Legs, Shame About Her Face. So that's who the monks are and so who they meant to the world. I'm less, I'm less keen on that song. Yeah. I find it, it's a, it's a bit schizophrenic. Like it's trying to go for like the three chord punk drive, but then it, yeah. I don't know, it just sounds too, not poppy, but almost big bandish or something. Well, like that's interesting you should say, because I, I, after, almost, I feel like Colin James okay. during that era. That because he, their know, next incarnation of the monks changing their names once again after they had tried with this album, Bad Habits, yeah. they had another album that was more new wavy called Suspended Animation that wasn't even released in, in okay. I think it went Golden Canada, wasn't released in the States and did nothing in England. So again, right. you know, staying focused on Canada. But after that, they re- reincarnated themselves once again as a kind of a 1930s act called something like High Times or something like that. Really? I haven't been able to find any of this music. This is just something that I read. So, so they're they're like, I mean, they're survivors in the music scene, right? They're I, they're musical professionals. I would argue who are they just are, like, yes. You know, they're never they're never hitting the high points, 
but they're they're managing to hang in there by by hook or by crook and by their fingernails. So what? So do we know what's happened to them relatively recently? So relatively recently, John Ford, the I think the singer and and guitarist from the band in 2012, was up in Toronto really? because. A supergroup of sorts, Canadian supergroup, <laughs> super including like um, Chris Murphy from Sloan, oh, one yeah, of the yeah. guys from New Pornographers, a couple of other guys from some other reasonably well-known Canadian bands, yeah. did a tribute to this album, to really? the Monk's Bad Habits that at, at awesome. the Horseshoe Tavern. Uh, oh yeah, in yeah, Toronto. Oh, in Toronto, and and I think he came up for that. Okay. So so he's cool. they're they're still kicking around. I think I think John Ford lives in. Long Island of all places now. Okay, but I don't know. I don't know if they're they're still releasing music. Okay, but why is this album my embarrassing? This album? was going to be my question. Then. So, and 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 why maybe is it not my embarrassing album? Well, is now the, in, is in the, the twist we're putting on. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, these are basically novelty tunes, right? I mean, sure. they're they're not there's much not better than there's them. there's no depth to them. Yeah, I mean, they're clearly on their surface jokey. You know, the silly accents. They're chasing trends. Man, I loved this album when uh, when I was sort of twelve years old. Right. This was the best thing. Yeah, I just big easy music with silly lyrics. I thought it was so cool. And you, you know, could be kind of badass. It was kind of way. badass. It's yeah. perfect. The just the right level Very for a suburban <laughs> white kid, kid to, to be so safely badass. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So when it's we were in olden time Green Day, if yeah, you will. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So when we were talking about albums, we were afraid, we were ashamed of. I was like, yeah, I mean, this must be like uh, this, got this has got to be the one because it's just like a terrible album. And then I went back and listened to it, and it isn't it isn't the best album. Sure. It isn't necessarily a very good album, right? But it, it's very self-aware. It's clearly, if not a spoof of punk. I read some places that this was a spoof of punk. I don't okay. think it's a spoofing it, okay. but it's definitely a, a tongue-in-cheek interpretation of of punk by guys who were, first of all, way too old to be punks. Like For these, sure. yeah, yeah, these guys were in their probably mid thirties when oh, this yeah, album yeah. came out. I mean, you see pictures yeah. of them. Like I say, one of them is bald, like male pattern baldness, not yeah. cool bald, not cool like, bald, like. like, like, like Unfortunately, yeah, bald. like like yeah. middle aged right. accountant bald. Yeah, so so they were much too old to be punk. But you but, but as you listen to it again, you don't mind it as much. I don't mind it. I, mean, I don't I, mind it at all. I don't no. mind the one, uh, and that took me back too to hear that one song. Yeah, I, and I think it was just like I thought it was, I thought it was genuinely cool. Okay, and I didn't realize that it was kind of a joke. And it was a joke that these guys are in on, so I'm not saying the album is a joke, yeah. but but the, the, the intent is a, is a slightly tongue-in-cheek humorous intent that completely passed me by as a 12-year-old. Yeah, okay, fair and, and in fact, it, it must have passed me by when I reassessed it or thought I would reassess it, because I was like, oh, this is, first I thought this was a legitimately good album, and then I thought it was like a legitimately bad album, and now I realize that it's actually kind of a knowing, winking, okay album. That's not bad. That's so not bad. I want to close out with my favorite song on the Fire on the away, album, my friend, and then we'll switch over to yours. All right, this one is called "I Ain't Getting Any."
So the monks, uh, bad habits. Monks, bad habits. So much like you, uh, my embarrassing album, uh, it's a twist on it. I'm yep. not as sure if I'm really comfortable to say I'm embarrassed uh, that I like this album. I'm actually now in hindsight not entirely sure if I don't I don't mind this album. I thought it was pretty good when and, I listened to it. Yeah, and I think maybe I'm embarrassed about it for different reasons. But we'll get into that. So let's talk about the album first. The performer, uh, Henry Lee Summer from uh, Brazil, Indiana, go Hoosers, he wrote a song in and released it on a previous album in 1985 called I Wish I Had a Girl That Walked Like That. It didn't really go huge in 85, but it did go huge in 88 when he re-released it on a self-titled album. So was that where I know it from? That's where you okay. know it from. That's where I know it from. Because I certainly, it certainly rang a bell, particularly when we got to the part where he says, check it out, Check Leroy. it out, Leroy. Boom, yeah. smokes eyes. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, I know exactly. this song. So it was my Madeline. This time period for me, it's the 80s. I'm in high school, uh, and I'm not, I'm still listening to a lot of what we listened to last week. So, you know, Willie, like my yeah. dad's eight tracks yeah. and I'm just reproducing them in cassettes. And I hadn't really, you know, I hadn't really bit into anything of the eighties that much. Did they have machines like, like that you could convert, you could listen eight tracks to, to, to cassettes? No, you couldn't. I was just rebuying these. Oh, I see. Okay. On cassettes. Um, so well, it wasn't really hitting anything that was popular. And yet at the same time I was trying to, you know, make myself, into what was popular at that time. So my mullet was coming in lovely. Oh, nice. oh it looked yeah. great. It was flowy. It, it yeah. flowed. I had flow. And, you know, my mustache, firm, but fair. Did you have a mustache? Oh, buddy, I tell you. I, oh, went the whole, I don't think I could have a mustache. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. It was quite a show. And, uh, you know, which was all popular at that time in rural Saskatchewan. And yeah. maybe popular anywhere in the early, in the mid-80s, yeah. late-80s. So this album was quite popular at that time. Friends were picking it up like crazy. I remember going to the record store in Moose Jaw to buy it. and So you went into the big city. I went into the city to pick yeah. up uh, Henry Lee Summer. Wish I had a girl walk like that. Well, I think it's a self-titled album, just Henry Lee Summer. And uh, I remember, first off, the one thing I remember is a girl working at the record store was the most beautiful creature I could ever remember. She was just stunning. And Moose Jaw record store girls. Oh, they are just the hottest. Yeah. And then uh, I was like, oh, it's got to be a good omen. Because she knew this album. She was all keen on it. Sold me this cassette. And I, I loved this thing, man. I quite loved it. It was incredibly popular. Never saw him in concert. Uh, but uh, really enjoyed it. Title track off. Well, not title track. Lead track off this. The uh, first single out from it. I wish I had a girl that walked like that. Apparently he wrote it. After walking by a gentleman's club, a strip club, seeing a girl come out and walk down the street in front of him and speaking to his buddy, wow, I wish I had a girl who walked like that. So based on a true story. Yeah, sort of. A very charming one. Regardless, let's take a listen, man. Ow! Take 
many awkward teenage dances to that one, man. So, in your research, did you find out who Leroy was? <laughs> no, I didn't. I have no idea. Because I have wondered who Leroy Check was since Leroy. 1988. But he's repeatedly I know, speaking. exactly. Like, so, it's not like a one-off. It's but, like, well, apparently when he, like... Oh, maybe it's the guy he that's saw... That's what I was going to say, that he was walking with. Yeah. And that very well is likely it. Like, wow, this really is Leroy. based on a true this story. I love that. This is like a page out of his life. That yeah. chanson verité. Yeah, as much, the, as the French said. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, good... I guess when you look at it, you, you can say, like, this is, you know, blue-collar... Rock. You know what? What I t- listening to it this time, I thought this sounds like Brian Adams that I'd like to party with. Yeah, exactly. Like, like real Brian Adams yeah. would be no fun to party no, with. No, he'd be all like use a coaster. It. Yeah, and, I just like, don't buy it. Yeah, he'd probably yeah. like putting like acne medication on. He's him. gonna hook you. Yeah, yeah. This guy, this fun. guy's just gonna party pretty yeah. hard. So, and unfortunately, well, we'll get to that in a minute. Yes. So yeah. apparently, there was a lot of comparisons made to him because at about the same time, another. Hooser Rocker out of Indiana was making it big. John Cougar. Mm, Eventually, yeah. John Cougar Mellencamp when decided to. And that was the other. Name. Yes. The incarnation. So, so yeah, yeah, John Cougar, John Cougar Mellencamp. <laughs> John Mellencamp. John that Mellencamp. is the evolution <laughs> that is of, the, of the Mellencamp. That's just how he morphed yes. into himself. Uh, I always wanted to be like a rootsy rocker called Bob Seger Mellencamp. Bob Seger I could see it. Yeah. I'd buy yeah. that album. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, album. just songs about denim. Yeah. Well, and yeah, songs about denim and maybe mustache. Yeah, mustache. Yeah. It's a mustache. It's a river kind of, band. <laughs> it's a mustache kind of morning. So, but yeah, you, you kind of get, you know, the comparison a bit. Although I think John Cougar's music was maybe a little more in stream with like, you know, Springsteen or something. Yeah, at the yeah, time. exactly. Like, you know, reaching out to the, you know, working man's rock and roll, speaking the song of like almost the Woody yeah. Guthrie of the working man, whereas this is just like, yeah, I don't want to hear how yeah. shitty my life is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just want to crack open this guy, some beers. Yeah, this guy isn't a pretentious. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's no. He's not, there's no he's not reading Steinbeck and no. like you know. No, oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 There's no of mice and men here. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. We're just gonna get some beers. Although have it a good does time. like it like Midwestern rock has like a pretty proud tradition, like coming out of like the late seventies, early eighties yeah, of like um, sort of a power poppy kind of yeah. like, like those, I don't know enough about music, the kind of chugging flattened chords, yeah, you know, yeah. where it's like, and this seems to fit in there. It's got yeah, a bit, it it's a bit rootsier, but not so rootsy, yeah. but, uh, but know. it is fun. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. Fun. So this was the, uh, the lead hit off this album. Um, there was a, one more hit off of another single release, Darling Daniel Don't. We're going to play that. Not as big a fan of this one. I don't remember this one. Yeah, I do. Well, obviously I had the album. But yeah. uh, it was released as a single and it was uh, almost as popular. Okay. Let's take a listen. Let's take a listen.
great. Now, now every every rocker in the eighties needed their big slow dance song, yeah, or they're never going to get played at the junior high dances. Have. So yeah. the way I would actually counter, I said earlier, awkward teenage dances on uh, "Wish I Had a Girl." No, that oh, song no. was where I was comfortably dancing. Maybe yeah. with someone, delusionally, yeah. but more with just a Probably large group. In the circle? In yeah. a circle, but yeah. I'm like, hey, I'm dancing with people. Yeah. Whether I am or not. This one, oh uh, no, you had to step up. You had to ask a girl, you had to get out there and sway. Were you Were you a ladies' man? Oh, goodness, no. Yeah. No, not in the even, even with the mustache and the mullet? Yeah, it's surprising, isn't it? It's yeah. shocking, but there it wow. is, man. These, these music episodes make me need to see more photos of you <laughs> as, a, as a younger man. <laughs> Well, we'll get to this while I have my epiphany on this album. Yeah. So that one, not great. Can, can I, I just say. notice something? So I'm, I've got um, Henry Lee Summers' top songs on Apple Music. Yes, uh, yes. What a Steinbeck he wasn't. Like, these are, these are the names of the songs. Obviously, we have Wish I Had a Girl yeah. and Darling Daniel Don't. We have a song called Hey Baby. <laughs> a song called Just Another Day. Yes. And a oh, song just another called, day. I remember that. Turn one. it up. Turn, like yeah. this guy was not like. Yeah. Just another day. That was like his sad, like more melancholy. Like today was a good day. Yeah. Like yeah, more. Didn't have to shoot. Yeah. Depressing type rock. But I just like song. hey yeah. baby, like we really. Yeah. So stayed up all he night. He did write all his own music. <laughs> <laughs> so heads up there. Now, okay. All this to be said. Let's mm. take a look at Henry Lee Summer's career. So yes. he releases this in '88. As another follow-up album, I think in '89, both of these like went pretty high on Billboard charts. Like this, this album, I got to 20. I think the follow-up album to it was like 18. Okay, he did very well. Yeah. in late '80s, uh, he um, wrote a lot of uh, theme music to bad movies. Oh, really? So yes. Yeah. So do you remember Iron Eagle? Oh, do I ever? Yes, yeah, so that was like the Top Gun, but it was a teenage boy, and his dad was like an F-16 yeah. pilot. So yes. So he wrote uh, some theme music to that. Oh, nice. Oh, yes. Uh, the uh, Tom Berenger and uh, Billy Zane hit Oh, my Snip- God. Sniper. <laughs> Together at last. Oh, finally, yes. yes. Berenger and Zane. Zane, yes. Yeah. So he, uh, he wrote the theme song to that, or he wrote a couple songs for that. Uh, and that was about it. I mean, toured a lot, I think, uh, in the early 90s. And, uh, and made, you know, obviously made some money off of the movies he had uh songs he'd done for the movies and these albums <clears throat> not much really on the radar of him for quite a few years until about 2000 and i think 2006 because he comes roaring back with a smash hit uh well he smashed into something <laughs> yes i believe it was into a mcdonald's oh, I, i'm not sure mean, making jokes. it is yeah mean, actually so uh at this time uh mr summer has uh fallen pretty far uh he has an addiction to methamphetamine uh, and uh, has lost most everything, and uh, has this car accident, uh, gets convicted of you know impaired driving or whatever have you, follow-up drug testing, fails it repeatedly, and yeah, really, really tumbles in the at, 2000s. At least true to his roots, if he's going to get addicted to a drug, it's like an honest good as Midwestern a, a drug. Working man's yeah. drug, methamphetamine, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, um, but uh, he has recovered so i mean he's obviously he's re- he's recovered uh he's from his addictions yeah uh living healthily in uh, brazil indiana where he's from still plays uh local bars he's got a uh, website he does have a website yeah uh, you know who else has a website talk to me Brad and Ned, <laughs> top five everything check it out check Brad it out <laughs> check it out we're not trying to steal your identity <laughs> 
that's actually we should put that in there. Uh, so yeah, it has a website. Uh, doesn't tour a lot, but plays a lot. You know, and from what I read, uh, researching it, I mean, I think he's uh, like he's happy to be alive, which is not a small statement. When yeah. you think probably how close he came to killing himself uh, with these with these addictions, and he's very honest about it. And I and as I read it, it I felt really bad. I felt really bad that I chose this album. To, to laugh at? To, to not, laugh. not to laugh at, well, but let's face it, there was sort of a, a humorous yeah, intent. Yeah, because, you know, he comments on it now that, like, his, the exposure of his downfall in, after 06 was like living in a fishbowl. And everyone wanted to see the washed-up rocker, yeah. addicted to drugs and in jail and doing the, you know, perp walk and blah, blah, blah. I know I took my family down to Brazil, Indiana. It was so. huge. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's not fair. Like, the guy... You know, put out some music that I liked at one time in my life, and so did a lot of other people. Quite frankly, I still think "Wish I Had a Girl Who Walks." That's a solid damn rock song, man. Yeah, Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So I kind of feel bad for choosing this because I do think, well, it was a you know unique time in my life, and uh, I think you know he battled his demons. He's happy to be alive. He's you know people come out and listen to these songs to remember you know a certain time period. And uh, yeah, man, if he I mean, came, he seems he like a guy here, who could make a living doing sort of the, well, the county fair the, circuit, you know, you, with, with when you read the reviews, Triumph when, and Trooper. When and, you read the reviews, the uh, all the reviewers of his more recent recent appearances are like, yeah. despite you know his health, what he had done to his health and his obvious age, man, he doesn't miss a beat on stage apparently. And I guess that was a hallmark also of his live concerts in the eighties and nineties was he was a great live act apparently, yeah. like he was. All about you're going to have fun tonight. Well, I mean, you can you can hear it on on you know the which is a live yeah we have a live recording we don't yeah. have the actual album but we have the live recording uh, and uh, but that's why I say he'd be much more fun to party with than than Brian, than Brian Adams. Adams. I'd yeah. say I'd say more fun to party with than Brian Adams. More fun to party with than Corey Hart. Oh, definitely. Richard Marks definitely more fun to party with Nothing than fun about oh no that. no no that's I guess a horrible I, song. yeah see yeah. if I'd like that song I'd be embarrassed about it. But this is the, I'd be more legitimately mm. embarrassed about that. But this is the point of my embarrassing album and why I'm not embarrassed about it anymore is, uh, it's, I'm more embarrassed about who I was. That's, that and that's exactly the, yeah. my issue, right? Yeah. I'm embarrassed that I didn't get the joke that was going on and I thought it was like a legitimately awesome rock album. Exactly. And then I realized it was actually a fairly funny knowing wink at, at the, and, at, and, at and I was embarrassed at my attempt to try and be something maybe I wasn't, despite stumbling on an album that, quite frankly, I think I did quite like. And I, you know, like you say, that's a, you know, Wish I Had a Girl, great song. So I guess you could say, just like a very special episode of Blossom, we've both learned lessons. I think we've learned something today about ourselves. So uh, I don't know if the monks are listening. Probably not. Henry Lee Summer, if you're listening, get your ass out to Ottawa. I will come see you, man. I'm glad you're alive. I'm glad you're healthy. I'm glad you're still. Will you morning. put him up on your couch? Sure, why not? Yeah, it's a nice couch. We're we're down in the basement. He's got a. It's couch. not bad. It's a futon. Is that a futon? That is a futon. Oh it's yeah, there you go. There you go. There no, you go. I, literally, this guy. I'm happy he's alive. I'm I'm happy he's you know battled his demons. He's still up there on stage doing it. I. Yeah, this there's nothing wrong with this album. Yeah. So what are we doing next week? Uh, let's stick, uh, we won't do a special one. We no, no, we we're going to have too many very special blossoms or it just doesn't get special. It, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. uh, yeah. Top five albums. We'll press on with our uh, next round. Yeah. For me next week. So I've, I've moved up through childhood, early adolescence, going full on adolescence. 
I'm growing hair in places, I'm, my voice is breaking, I've got acne. Um, and this is probably as close as our, our two musical streams are going to converge. Maybe, I'm not going to give it away, but it's, I think it might be something that might be right up your alley. I'm going to do one same thing uh, a little later than this time period that I've talked about today. But, yep, you know, like, you know, prime teenage years, driving my pickup truck. Nice. I don't think, I think the mullet was still growing well. But it was my insight into uh, music as an industry and how it uh, affects the performers. And that they, I will honestly say it came to my conclusion that they actually are artists that are a bit dictated by the industry itself. Okay. It's wow. Be fun, man. It's the be lessons fun. keep coming. All right. Well, good night, everybody. And uh, we'll see you next week.